first and ten. How about a little flea flicker action? Tannehill taking a chance towards the end zone, and it is caught. A.J. Brown with a miraculous catch. Welcome to a very special two-part edition of the Transatlantic Titans podcast. Um, I'm Adam. I've got Greg with me for now. Um, You're going to hear from Miles in a bit. You're going to hear from some other people as well. Um, This might be the biggest thing we've ever done, a two-parter, Greg. How are you feeling? We are are proper, aren't we? We, I mean, that is never thought we'd see the day that we do a two-parter and we waffle a lot. So a lot of our podcasts could probably be two-parters, but... Now, this is going to be something special. It's something well worth going to be tuned in for. I mean, to give you a flavour, I mean, we, the name of this podcast is Friends Close, Enemies Closer. Um, so that's what we're going to do. We're going to chat to some of our mortal enemies or fans of the, the teams which are our mortal enemies and just kind of chat about old times in some cases, chat about the rivalries, um, a bit of history about the the Titans and the Houston Oilers before that, um, the teams we hate or love to hate, and uh, just just have a bit of a reminisce and a, a chinwag with a few people. Um, and, we, and we've actually got people on who I would say probably at least four or five out of the six that we've spoken to or five that we've spoken to don't actually hate the Titans, which is quite ironic really for... Uh, for what's supposed to be a, a rivalry <laughs> podcast, but uh, but no, it's still well worth listening to, and there's still going to be uh, quite a lot of uh, interesting chat, especially it's... from teams like the Jags, which don't really have much to talk about. Well, they're, they're well, that's we're going to be talking to Patrick Jackson, who's as polite as you can be, obviously. Um, it, it's it's a bit telling though that a lot of the other teams don't seem to hate us, uh, but we hate them. Like it's as if we're not relevant to them. Um, which... Yeah, I think that comes from years of kind of not really being uh, teams hate other teams when they're successful. And when you're not really successful that much or haven't been really hugely successful over the last 20 years, it's kind of hard to hate a team that's just not a laughing stock, but just kind of in the middle of middle of the road. Never really any, you know, we're nine seven team or every year pretty much might make a wild card <laughs> spot, might nick a win in the playoffs. But you know, we haven't got that uh, core hatred, I think, about us that teams like the Pats and teams that are always always there or thereabouts tend to have. So I guess it can be quite difficult to hate teams like the Titans. And also, I mean, they've got supporters like us and fans like us. So how can you hate? <laughs> that's it's only because they don't know us. <laughs> that's... Yeah, that's that's very true. That's very true. We've also got we've also got fans like Miles who just goes and throws out incredible uh, lines such as Tom Brady's retirement parties and that we're going to smash every single team every single week. So why would anyone hate us? I don't know. Honestly, don't know. It's baffling, isn't it? Um, as, as far as the teams that we hate. So I mean, we've got in part one, we are going to chat to Mark Salen, a uh, fan of the Buffalo Bills. Uh, as I said, uh, Patrick Jackson um, talking about the, the Jags. In fact, uh, we're going to do that together, as, as you will hear. Um, then in part two of the podcast, we speak to Adam Barton about the Ravens. Uh, we speak to Ewan about the Texans and then Nate about the Colts. Um, so we're obviously going to cover off 
our three divisional rivals, also the Bills. I mean, the, the Bills, it's sort of about the famous games in history with them, really. Yeah, um, and it, it might become a rivalry again because, you know, Touchwood, the Titans and the Bills both look pretty good. And then the the Ravens, it's it's been a very recent thing with them. And uh, some of these, the playoff games, you know, we've met five times in the playoffs in their brief history, which is quite something. So, yeah, a lot, a lot to get into. I mean, there were perhaps one or two others that we could have had. The old AFC Central rivals like the Steelers, um, but I don't, I don't think we've necessarily come up against them in an ugly way and no. too much of late. Um, the Pats is the obvious one, uh, but that's just a team that everybody hates. Yeah. Even when they're really bad like they are now, everyone still hates them, so it's great. Oh, yeah. I mean, they, they would have to be abysmal for 40 years. Yeah, um, Bill Belichick's that. son would have to retire um, if he has one. I imagine it will be a clone of him or something who will take <laughs> over. But... Bill, Bill Belichick's got that job for life. And when I say for life, that guy's not going anywhere, is he? I mean, he's just going to be 144 and still and still just <laughs> sitting there on the sideline calling he's plays. One of those one of those guys, um, a bit like a bit like Hazel Irvin, who's presented the Olympics, yeah. just ageless. Although Absolutely. Bill Belichick looked. 60 when he was in his 30s and now he's just gonna look 60 forever yeah he's one he's definitely one of them isn't he but uh yeah no i think he he he's someone who's definitely not going anywhere i had a i had a suspicion around the time brady left that he might call it quits around then but that was quickly an idiotic comment from me in the end you just knew he wasn't going anywhere um he was going to roll with cam newton for a year or two and then eventually go and pick up a quarterback probably end up being mac jones who's now going to be the new tom brady and dominate this league for the next 20 years no, and no everyone's, don't do it. everyone's don't going go to be there. depressed again no uh, there's an element that he wants to prove he could do it without tom which is a absolutely. bit scary but it, it it hasn't looked good so far for him no absolutely um, as, as far as the teams that you hate the most greg um who 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 would top that list? How long we got? Um, <laughs> I mean, I'll be honest with you, in the more the more recent times, and actually not even more recent times, even you know, in the last twenty years or so, I think the Ravens have got to be up there. I think for me, as a as a non divisional obviously side as well, I think they are definitely one that there is there is definitely an hatred there. And I think that there was nothing more apparent than that than the the last two games that we've played against them, us standing on their crest, them then in return stamping on ours, which has kind of, I guess, kind of thickened that plot slightly. Um, but also just, I mean, some of the some of the players that they've had and some of the talk we've seen from from L. Thomas, who we've, I don't think we've ever seen since, to be honest, which is ironic. <laughs> um, uh, obviously, Lamar running off the field at the end of the playoff game, refusing to shake hands, all, all of these weird and wonderful things that just, again, just kind of brew that rivalry. I feel like that's going to be, for the next potentially for the next five years or so going to be probably the biggest rivalry we end up having because we will continue to meet each other I'm sure um the more we meet each other the more it's the worse it's going to get but yeah look I mean the divisional teams I mean I don't I can't honestly say I like any of them for, for obvious reasons but uh for me uh, been over to Nashville a few times seen the Titans play against the Jags Jags fans generally are a quite obnoxious um, bunch of people, if I'm honest with you. When I, when I went to Houston, most of them actually 
formerly Oilers fans, to be honest with you. So there was a kind of like a bit of camaraderie, if anything. So even though I still can't stand the Texans, because there's a lot of Texans fans who genuinely believe that the Oilers should be in Houston and should be part of the Texans, which is I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole because that will be here for hours discussing how ridiculous that sentiment is. But yeah, I would say it's got to be between probably between those two, between the Ravens and the Jags for me. Um, although Pat Jackson makes it incredibly difficult to hate the Jags. He he does. He's the exception that proves the rule. Well, all the all of the people that we we've spoken to are the exception that. Well, that I don't know. The rule. Well, <laughs> maybe, other than Nate, obviously. Uh, that, that, that I was thinking Mark, well. but uh, yeah, we can say oh, Nate. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's as, as the Oilers' history is a weird one. Um, I yeah. mean, we we touched on it. You'll hear in the second part of this with Ewan, um, who are. It goes without saying we'll have a different take to yours or mine. Um, but I, I don't think he sees the rivalry as such a big thing. And I think a lot of the Texans fans are a bit like that. They, they've they just, you know, they've, they've got football again. Let's just get on with it. I think that obviously there are some that will be just desperate to, yeah, we want, we want the Oilers history, we want the Oilers jerseys and stuff. Yeah. But actually, it's maybe not as big a thing as, as some people make it. I remember I went, so when I went to Houston to watch us play in a 57-14 blowout, which still gives me nightmares, um, I was sitting I was sitting next to a guy from Houston um, who, who who was sort of talking to me as the game was going on. And, and he, he said to me, you know, this is weird, a weird game for me because uh, I, I look out for the Titans um, because he was an Oilers fan, but never really switched when they moved for, I mean, for obvious reasons, I guess, you know, if you're living six, seven, hour, eight drive away, whatever it is. You, you know, you're not going to go and watch games necessarily. And as soon as then the Texans came to to Houston, I can't how many years it was later. Um, you, you kind of, you're always going to ev- eventually end up adopting them, I guess. So it's one of those ones that, and that was that was generally the feeling across a lot of the people I met. But there's definitely and most of them seem to be on Twitter, to be honest. Um, those kind of people <laughs> who who live and die by the fact that the the Oilers are the part of the Texans, which is just ludicrous and ridiculous and just isn't how things work. But I, I must admit, Texans are a, they're not a team I like for obvious reasons, but at the same time, they are, they're not high up on my list necessarily of, of rivals or teams that I feel like I have a hatred for necessarily. But I, still I, I don't like them Do you think that, I mean, this is sort of off the top of my head now, but it definitely cropped up at the time. The fact that the Texans were placed in the same division as the Titans, the NFL didn't necessarily have to do that. So the 2002, when it all got made into eight times four, you know, we had six divisions before that. And the Seahawks moved from the AFC to the NFC to balance things. But yeah, if they they could have stayed where they were. And the Texans could have gone into the NFC. I think people would have felt very differently about it. If you had, if you're a Houston resident, you could then have kind of still, still supported both teams. But yeah, then no, it I know would have been meeting once every four years. It wouldn't have had the same kind of edge that it does now. I, I also think it could have only meeting once in every four years could have given it even more of an edge potentially because it's one of those ones when you play in a team twice every single year you you kind of get to know each other that well you you yeah you hate each other and you uh you only ever want to to win those games but there'll be something more special about playing a team once every four years I find so when when you know when we're playing a team for the first time in four years you you generally get a bit more excited for it because you haven't seen them in however long but 
yeah, I don't know. I think a lot of Texans fans, a lot of the level-headed Texans fans, and I don't know how many of them there actually are, but they they're generally <laughs> at, a, le- at least one. At least yeah, one. there's one at least. We've we've met one, I think, um, or two if you include the guy I met. But yeah, I generally think a lot of them are pretty respectful and think, well, you know, the Oilers were the Oilers. They're now the Titans. And they've just picked up the new the new franchise and they've moved on, but there's just far too many that sit there bowing to Earl Campbell, thinking he's a, he's a Texan, which is just absolutely ridiculous. He'll always be associated with the city of Houston, but not that franchise ultimately. Yeah, yeah. Ne- next year the helmet rule comes in, so yes, we can actually bring back those Oilers throwbacks. And Amy Queen Amy has made it very clear that she wants to do that. And hopefully they're a hell of a lot better than the 2009 attempt, which uh, I must admit. Well, they, they, they were like the original uniforms with the blue, yeah. with the blue helmets. Which the blue helmets. Like, they were fine. I don't like them as much as that. No, it has to be white. Yeah. It has to be the white it helmet. Um, and with a bit more, a deeper colour as well. Yeah, the, absolutely. The late 80s, early 90s, that was the perfect uniform. Yeah. What about you, Adam? What, what, who would you say is the, the biggest rival? to you or the, the team you hate the most it's a tricky one i think it 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 changes i mean it's it's kind of been the pats just because of what we've touched on just as as far as hatred goes but you only really hate a team like that while they're successful <laughs> now now it's uh yeah. hopefully that's over I, I, i'm not sure it, it's the colts seem to be up there for me um but largely because they've had so much success against us and it's mm. it's been so hard to beat them at all for so long um the texans it's it's more the the uniform stuff and the the history maybe a little bit um the jags yeah i kind of i kind of agree with you. i mean i don't like any of these teams that's <laughs> that goes that goes without We're all in agreement there don't worry about that <laughs> um but yeah, it's it's you know, hate's a strong word, isn't it? No, I um, think I'll hate them on any given week when we're playing them. Absolutely, but... and even well, any given week they're playing. I mean, you don't never want a divisional team to win any game. But the Colts is an interesting one because it is. I think there's a there's a hatred that's born out of they've had our number for far too long. Um, we talk a bit about it with you know obviously the unfortunate nature of of having Peyton Manning for so many years and then immediately getting pretty much Andrew Luck not long after. Uh, and just how that is just not fair. We talk about that a bit later, but I, I do think that that also makes it difficult for for any Titans fan to remotely have any like or, or any kind of association really with the Colts that isn't. We just hate these guys. Um, but they're they're one of those teams. I think as the tables are starting to turn a little bit, and I feel that they are, and I feel like the, these are two teams that are much more evenly matched than they've ever been. Certainly, in since I've started supporting the Titans, I think there's there's definitely going to be a lot more, a lot more of a rivalry that will come out of it because it hasn't been really a rivalry in the last probably ten years or so because we just get pretty much beaten every every week pretty much by them. Yeah, so yeah. I think now, if anything, that rivalry will probably intensify. Whereas, you know, and that similar story, like you said, with the Bills earlier, I, you know, I think the Bills will certainly be a team that make the playoffs this year, as I, I suspect the Titans really should be as well. And there's every chance that, you know, postseason meeting will will only, I guess, make that rivalry a little bit, a little bit more stronger, if you like, and we can keep throwing the music uh, 
Music City Miracle at them every single time they chuck themselves for a table. So it's <laughs> it's one of those ones I think that all, all of the all the guys we've spoken to and all the teams that we've kind of cherry picked as our kind of key rivals. I think you know the Jags are going to take a while to becoming anything again, and we've almost felt sorry for them for the last few years. But uh, yeah, it doesn't mean doesn't mean it's still funny watching them lose pretty much every week. <laughs> Absolutely. Shall, shall we get into the, the chats we've had then? Um, so we're going to hear first from, as I said, from Patrick Jackson uh, talking about the Jags and Mark Salen talking about the Bills. And we spoke to them together. Um, so here it is. And joining us now, we well, we're going to do we're going to speak to two fans at the same time. Um, Patrick Jackson representing the Jags. Hello, Pat. How are you? Good. Thank you, Adam. How are you doing? Uh, yeah, very well, thank you. And thanks for asking, Pat. Um, this is as, probably as polite as it's going to be. Um, also, yeah, with that in mind, um, we've got Mark Salen um, representing the Buffalo Bills with a very nice Bills cap, Mark. Hello. Piss, piss off. <laughs> yeah, that's more like <laughs> it. That's what we're here for. Um, Greg is with me as well, um, just to kind of balance the numbers. I don't want to be one Titans fan outnumbered during this particular chat. To be honest, Adam, I'm surprised you could find two Titans fans to do this pod. <laughs> well, there are more of us, Mark. Um, if you'd ever listened to the Transatlantic Titans podcast, you'd know that. I don't suppose you have. I listened to the one I was on. Really? That's more than I was expecting. <laughs> you were the only one who listened to that one as well. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah, most of our usual listeners turned off um, when they heard there was a, a Bills fan. In fact, as I recall, you joined us to preview a game... Um, where you were royally spanked, um, but you know yeah, we don't have because, to start there. That, that's because your team had uh, hadn't decided whether you were going to bother getting over coronavirus and if you were going to turn up or not, having like illegally practiced that week. Uh, technically, it was legal. Um, it yeah. was stupid, um, but it was it was legal because the league hadn't put rules in to stop anybody doing that. Hence, yeah. we weren't really punished. What I um, love is that we are here to talk about the history of our rivalry. <laughs> we started with last year. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember got, further back than that. We've gone back as far as I think, like like October, and that was all we've managed. <laughs> it feels, to be honest, it feels like about ten years ago already. So. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> it really, it's weird when, you know, as, as a real aside, we're really off topic now. Um, but Essex cricket had a, a game, a county championship game, called <laughs> off during day two, and um, because a Derbyshire player got COVID. And then lots of close contacts in the game. And a four-day first-class game of cricket, you've got to call it off. And a part of me, my instant reaction was, this, this, this is going to hurt Essex. We're on top in this game. This isn't right. And then I sort of remembered what the Titans did um, during last season, <laughs> just for a bit of balance. Um, yeah, you deserve but, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, don't, you know, I think we're past blaming people for catching COVID. Maybe we're not. I don't know. Um, but yeah, there, there's... I mean, we'll, let's start with the Bills. and. There's quite, definitely quite some, not, well, chronologically, we would start with the Bills. Um, they've been around longer. Um, one of the original AFL teams, I may be completely wrong, um, but I think the Bills were sort of established around the same time as the, the Titans were, or the Houston Oilers, um, back in, I, I am literally making up history, um, 1960 for the Oilers. I've no idea when the Bills were established. Um, I'm not putting you on the spot here, Mark. Um you, you could quickly Google it if you like. Um, I'm not going to tell anyone. Nah. But anyway, we go back a long time. Longer yes. than either of us have been alive, it's yes, fair to say. Um, probably before I was watching them then. 
Yeah, yeah, I would hope so. Yeah. Um, what What's your first memory of watching the Bills? Um, where did um, your love affair start? So I I kind of got into it through my dad. He was a he was a big Washington fan um, when I when I started like back in the days of watching. I know um, watching like first and ten on Channel Four, the highlight show that was the week after. Um, so they didn't show a live game. It was just Mick Luckhurst and like watch like that that program. And the Bills seemed to be on all the time because they were good at, at, at the time. So it's kind of seems stupid given the history. Was, but I, wasn't it because it was Buffalo's one of the closest places to the UK and it was easier to transmit the highlights back in those days. I thought that was a reason. Maybe I'm not, maybe not. Well, no, I think it was having the, uh, the best record in the, uh, in the AFC. That was probably the reason that we were the best, but um, let's, let's not worry about that. And yeah, I'm sure 300 miles in 6,000 miles makes a massive difference. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, and th- so it seems stupid, but like I, I kind of consider myself as as like a Bills glory hunter. <laughs> I think that might be an oxymoron, Mark. Yeah, well, exactly, because like in sort of like the eight the eighty nine season, I watched it a bit, but I was eight, so I didn't really get into it that much. But the season after, they were kind of the seemingly on all the time. And and they went thirteen and three that that season. Obviously, got to the Super Bowl, and that team was phenomenal and fantastic to watch. And one of the best, still one of the best offenses I've ever seen. And that was it was kind of that style of football that really got me into it. And you're a Man United fan, I mean, Swindon, I... so that's on brand, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah definitely. I'm not, I'm not not from Swindon. <laughs> um, definitely, Mark's from Swindon. Um, Ten King Road in Swindon is is, is his address. <laughs> Um, I, I got into the NFL about the same time as you did. Um, yeah. Yeah, 1989 feels about right. I, I can't specifically remember the first time I watched it, but um, a lot of my schoolmates were were into it. I mean, you, our mutual friend, Martin Brown, um, who, uh, no idea what he's up to these days. Who, exactly. Um, he was a big Dolphins fan, um, massive Dan Marino guy. Um, Everyone was back then, weren't they? It was like, that was kind of the team that everybody followed back then, if you were into it from the UK, seemingly. Yeah, though, yeah. And still, I think because of that era, they're still very popular now. Um, yeah. But our, our circle of friends, we weren't. We each had our own team, um, which I suppose has, has its pros and cons. But um, I picked the Oilers and for no other reason than, yeah, as you say, watching Mick Luckhurst and those those highlight shows on Channel 4. Um, I just saw Warren Moon and this this guy is incredible. Um, just the spiral on those passes that that he threw and it it was all about and um, the aerial attack with the Oilers in those days and it just I, I I I wish I could specifically remember or knew what game it was um I can't I've no idea but yeah there's no specific moment but yeah it was it was just the Oilers and has been ever since and those days were yeah, we, we we were a good team as well um, yeah. The Oilers yeah. and the Bills were two of the best teams in the AFC. And famously, we obviously met in that game in Buffalo um, that we should probably mention. Um, <laughs> not many teams get a 35-3 lead and a phenomenal 35-3 lead. The fifth touchdown being a pick six yeah. early in the third quarter. Um, yeah. You're kind of, you're going, it's, it's a great, it's some road win you're looking at, 35-3 up. Against, um, against a very, like... A, an 11 and five in the regular season bills team as well. What like obviously had been to the last two super bowls, everybody fancied them to go again. 
and then all of a sudden you're getting destroyed by Warren Moon and the Oilers putting on an absolute clinic in the first half. Your quarterback and, and, and Jim and, Kelly going down. And Jim Kelly goes down. So you're suddenly thinking there's there's no way back here. Well, there was. Yeah. Um I mean, I, we we probably all know what happened. Um I mean, the Bills could have won it in normal time. It ended up going to overtime. There was a game, the, the Oilers, we somehow made a game-tying field goal to take it to 38 each and Buffalo winning in overtime. Um, you know, it, it's a game that's still remembered now. Um, the entire game is on YouTube if you're so inclined to find it. Um, that would be quite masochistic if um, Greg <laughs> or I did that. But, um, it's, it, but it set the... Well, it should have set the tone for more of the same um the bills hung around a bit more than the oilers did i mean we traded warren moon a couple of years later and yeah that, that was, was uh, the salary cap coming in what, what it, wasn't wasn't that the um your your owner had made a promise about how if you hadn't won the super bowl he was going to dismantle the team and almost like rebuild it and start again pretty much yeah yeah um which, which seemed a bit self-destructive at the time considering what your next two decades looked like <laughs> well, I mean, the, that the, was kind of Bud's style, though, right? I yeah, mean, it was. was just, yeah, that yeah. was just who he was. He was just come out with these weird and wonderful things, and would he'd back himself up with it. In fairness, it was it was really odd when you, you talk about like after the '93 season, where I think the Bills and the Oilers both had almost, if if, if not very similar, the same record of like 12 wins, 13 wins, or something like that. And then the next year, both of us had a losing record, and it kind of it didn't get much better for a long time after that. Certainly for us, anyway. Very true. The the meme that you still see every now and again or on Titans Twitter you do of Bud Adams with the two birds. <laughs> um, <laughs> it still it still does around that that shows you kind of the mentality of the man. He he wasn't going to do anything that anybody told him. That that's for sure. Um, obviously, obviously the team would relocate, which is a would be a recurring theme. Um, the Houston Oilers becoming the Tennessee Oilers for a couple of years and then the Tennessee Titans after that. Um, there were some lean years, but it didn't take too long. You know, 1999 for both the Bills and the Titans to be back in the playoffs. Um, yeah. Do you remember that game, Mark? No, no, that one's gone from my memory. I was, I'm, I'm pretty sure that we didn't even make the playoffs that year. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, you I mean, may as well not have bothered. <laughs> Well, con- considering the referees that we had to deal with in that game, then yeah, we may as well not bother turning up because you know clearly it was <laughs> clearly it would um, you know they'd been paid off or something had happened because <laughs> apparently you know apparently the the rules don't apply. The backwards pass during the Music City Miracle was absolutely fine, and we could waste a lot of airtime debating that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we really could. wasted a lot of WhatsApp time debating that. <laughs> yeah, a lot. Yeah, and we'll continue to do so. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, it was. Um, it, it, at least it was all worthwhile, and you made and and you ended up winning the Super Bowl that year. Yeah, that's how I remember it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm fairly sure that you made it with that. You know, that dive right at the end. That's what happened. Yeah, oh, I, no, think, I mean, that, that that definitely crossed that definitely crossed the line. I mean, that was a touchdown today. <laughs> yeah, that, that that crossed the line as much as your pass was backwards. We're just waiting. For, we're just waiting for overtime in that in that final now. We're just waiting for for overtime. Yeah. It's funny that that Super Bowl is remembered as the Titans being one yard short. Um, I honestly, I mean, it, it would have tied the game for starters. It wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't as if it was a score a touchdown and you win the game. Um, 
Uh, so it would it would have gone to overtime. And I, I don't know what would have happened. The idea that the Titans are one yard away from winning the Super Bowl isn't quite isn't quite right. Um, no. It's just how it's how it's kind of perceived. Um, yeah, but that that playoff run. I mean the the game itself before the Music City Miracle play um, was so very different to the comeback game um, in yeah. in terms of how the how the teams were much more defensive football. Um, by then, um, we obviously had Jeff Fisher in, in charge, and that that was his his brand really. Yeah, um, and we were, I mean, we, and we were, and we were Wade Phillips, so it was yeah, it was obviously much more defenses on top back then. Just just better, better. <laughs> no, no, give me Marv Levy any day, please, God, <laughs> give me Marv Levy. Wade Phillips was fine, and it, you know, had had considering the era that he was in of ninety eight to two thousand, he actually had a winning record, which isn't bad considering what came after him and Greg Williams, etc., for the next twenty or so years. But it was it was obviously very very different with Jim Kelly going and Thurman Thomas going and that that era of the cake on offense going. It was it it was a very different Bills team and quite a, a hard one to love as much. Just just going back to that Jim Kelly Thurman Thomas team. Oh. Um, I mean I we've we've debated this before on on WhatsApp as well. I mean I I love Warren Moon so much and I think he you know, put him up against almost any other QB who's ever played the game and I I put him on a pedestal with I'm I'm not saying because of his achievements they don't outrank montana or brady or other or others i get that um but on his day i would put him up against anybody including jim kelly um i i think the difference between the two teams you know i i will you know the bills may feel four super bowls in a row that's better than the oilers achieved um but they had thurman thomas and they had some defense as well oh yeah i mean um, and it, a lot of a lot of argument, even amongst Bills fans, would be that actually the most important cog in that. Obviously, Bruce Smith on defense was a massive part, but Thurman Thomas, um, in terms of, still holds the record for most yards from scrimmage in a season. Um, he was the one that that held it a lot together. Actually, um, going into the the run in 1990 with Jim Kelly, the Bills in kind of the late 80s, were known as the bickering Bills. And Kelly would throw his team under the bus quite a lot. And his team would call him out, including Thurman Thomas. They famously actually didn't get on brilliantly back then. And um, Thurman Thomas would would throw Kelly under the bus a lot of the time. And there was one famous interview where they were asked about, in, in, in 1990, what position did the Bills need to improve to become that elite team? And Thurman Thomas's answer was not that tongue-in-cheek same quarterback. <laughs> That's which, absolutely bonkers. Which seems crazy when you think about that Kelly then went and, you know, up until 96 and was still the best, you know, the best quarterback probably that we've ever had. And well, definitely the best quarterback we've ever had. And yeah, but like famously, like early, early days, they weren't massively, weren't massively close. He should have won the, certainly the Super Bowl against the Giants and arguably the one the following year against Washington. Um, yeah, I think I think by the time you met Dallas a couple of times, they were just they were, they better. were better. Yeah, uh, the, the ni- 1990, I think, was um, even recorded in by by the NFL as uh, on some program they did as like one of the best five teams that never won the Super Bowl. That team absolutely should have won a Super Bowl. And the 91 team was even better um, offensively. It was, you know, it was an outstanding team. The defense was outstanding. And that Super Bowl almost felt like a 
we're to the we're, there was too much pressure on them and it was we've got to the Super Bowl again we can't possibly lose again and then they did and it was inevitable against the Cowboys I think it was the fans almost by 93 they didn't want them to get to the Super Bowl again because they couldn't deal with the embarrassment of losing another one and <laughs> that's not the right way to think about it but yeah no, it, it, but it, it. but yeah it was like when they were they were I think they think they finished that season 12 and 4 and uh, again lost to Dallas but you know, the, a lot of the fans were. I don't want to go through that again. I can't cope with it again. And yeah, it's still. Did they realise that to win a Super Bowl you have to be in one? Right? <laughs> <laughs> it certainly helps. <laughs> I, I mean, it's. You know, can can you imagine, like, can you imagine the Titans now getting to four Super Bowls in every every year and losing every single one of them? It's. I mean, yeah. I take I take the Titans getting to a Super Bowl at the moment. To be honest, it's been that long. But do you have my heart bleeds, fellas? <laughs> yeah. But I mean, like, yes, you get to the Super Bowl, and that's fantastic. But we're talking about England, like, at the minute, and you know, brilliant. They've got to the Euros, but they lost, and that's what yeah. will be remembered. And can you imagine losing four in a row? Christ, it's I I don't know. The the older I get, the more I could reconcile these things. Like it's. Even the Euros already, I'm, I'm proud that England reached the final. I, like, I, I'd, obviously it's painful, but it would have been if we'd done that 20 years ago. It was more painful. Losing the Super Bowl 20 years ago was painful. Yeah, uh, I imagine I when you were sort of in your teens, doing it four times in a row. Yeah, <laughs> I imagine like, that's pretty painful. I, I think you're right. When you look back on it now, you can think, God, that was a proper dynasty team. That was what an amazing side that was to get to four four Super Bowls in a row. But then you think, yeah, but we lost them all. Is and that kind of missed opportunity, isn't it? And completely. If you, if you use the like the England one right now, the reason that I'm not, you know, depressed about England not winning that final on Sunday is because you know that team will come again. Whereas you know, every single year, four years in a row, especially in a in, in a sport like American football and the NFL, is is a completely different story. You've got yeah. you know, you're only one year away from all of a sudden needing to cut half your team because of cap concerns, or yeah. you know, at least cutting yeah. a few key players, and and all of a sudden you're almost rebuilding. So it's it's a completely different. Yeah. But yeah, you're completely right. get your point. I think I don't think losing one was hard enough. I think losing losing four in a row. Phew. Yeah, and I, I think as like as me as kind of like a a ten, eleven year old, twelve year old when that was all going on, it was you know it was disappointing that the team you've chosen to support is is losing these finals but you kind of I don't think you get the gravity of it as you would do if you're like a 20 25 30 year old or like a a seasoned fan of them um yeah I can only imagine what it must be like but you get older and you realize that was that was nice being in the playoffs regularly (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah It's, it's nice to get it's nice to be getting back to that now frankly well yeah I mean I don't I don't think we should gloss over for Titans and Bills gloss over the 20 years or so between 99 and 2000 and now um but anyway let's do that um yeah, as, as a rivalry I mean it, it kind of because we're not in the same division it's it's kind of it's those it's those memorable games from the past that almost make it a rivalry and the and we've had a couple in recent years um yeah. regular season games um I think the last Obviously, last last season, which we touched on the COVID game, if you want to call it that, um, the Titans came out on top. Um, I think the year before the Bills did, yeah. um, so it's 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 kind of gone e- gone each way. Um, it would be nice to have you know, memorable regular season games, even some playoff 
contests coming up in the next couple or three years just to just to show what good teams we now are and um, that, that's what I'm, I'm hoping and it, dare it, I say expecting it feels a little bit like early 90s again though doesn't it with like the Chiefs being good like they were back then and us and and you being good again back then and I, I, I think that you know it's rivalries come about a lot of the time when when two teams are playing each other regularly because they're doing well and they're they're having to meet yeah. in important fixtures in playoffs and you kind of feel like there's got to be one coming up where we meet each other in a in a significant AFC playoff game because there's no beating around the bush we're two of the best teams in in the conference at the moment so it's yeah, got to happen are. Some, yeah right so it's got to happen at some stage and in my head for the sake of our podcast a nice a nice AFC championship game wouldn't get wouldn't be too bad would it I could cope with that. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'd rather seems... be playing against. I'd rather be playing against the Bills than a lot of teams in the AFC because there's a lot more teams I despise more than the Bills. But uh, we've got the Jags. <laughs> we've got the Jags coming up in a minute. So the, the, <laughs> no, yeah. you won't be playing the Jags there. Don't worry. <laughs> no, no one's worried about that. Not even the Jags are worried about that. They're already booking their holidays for uh, end of December. Yeah. What is a postseason? <laughs> it's a holiday, right? Pat, Pat, I'd forgotten to be honest up until like two or three years ago. I didn't have a clue. Oh, we we we've all forgotten. We've, all, we've all been times. there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I I don't want to I don't want to move on from the bills without talking about um, tables. Um, yeah, one of one of the it's something. I mean, I don't remember this from the early nineties. I've no idea if it was a thing back then. I don't think it really was. Uh, but recent years. Um, Bills fans of yeah, how should we put this? Just famous for setting themselves on fire, setting other things on fire, jumping from a great height onto tables, including in Nashville, possibly the last time or the time before that but we met, um, the guy jumping off that bridge, knocking yeah. himself clean out. Yeah. Um I mean, I kind of love I don't yeah. Yeah, I love the Bills fans for being like that. It's entertaining. Um, I mean, I wouldn't do it myself. I wouldn't want any of my loved ones to to do anything like that. Um, <laughs> when, how did this all come about, Mark? It was it was a bit, well, I think it was like 2015 um, that a a video went viral of a Bills fan, um, I think in their backyard doing it, and it like it became popular on the internet, and all of a sudden it became the thing to do at tailgates. It was it's quite a recent thing, and it was yeah, someone in a Bills hat. I think did that, and then there was the famous. Uh, it's almost like the chucking a beer in the air and trying to catch it is also is also something that we do quite a lot after that video of a guy slipping on the ice and chucking his beer in the air and then catching it. Um, that went viral as well. So yeah, I think it was it was it was just that. It was never something that happened early days. It was it's quite a quite a recent thing because for some reason, like Bills fans are stupid and like hurting themselves. <laughs> but if we won a Super Bowl, I'd I'd definitely do it. Oh, yeah. Are you putting that on record? So you, you yourself would. OK, um, that, that is ball. where I will do it that evening. As soon as we've won it, I will go through a table. I love that. So so Mike Rabel will cut his knackers off and Mark Salem will jump through a table. So <laughs> guaranteed. Well, only might cut his knackers off. <laughs> <laughs> it's I mean, it, it just depends who wins that AFC championship game, doesn't it? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so it's more at stake than anybody knew. There you go. <laughs> um, Pat, let's. Should we talk? Should we talk a bit about the Jags? Um, we. Uh, I mean, as as an expansion team, by definition, your fandom can't go back as far as Mark's. Um, 
and if I mean unless you've time traveled or something um, and <laughs> I mean, when how did you pick the Jags or did they how did they find you my fandom started on the first game of the first season in 1995 watching NFL Blitz on Channel 4 on a Sunday morning nice. had what, a feature. Yes. what a yes. show that was as well yeah Brilliant. superb yeah. yeah they had this feature about these two new teams coming into the league Carolina Panthers Jacksonville Jaguars Jacksonville Patrick Jackson wearing my favourite colours how could I not follow the Jags forever I, don't, it, I, I wonder if the timing had been different if I if I might have been inclined to sort of pick one of the, the two new teams, it's a, it's a bit weird from watching from afar. You don't have necessarily. I mean, some some people do. That's why they follow their teams. But you know, I I don't have a connection with Houston. That's not why I I followed the Oilers and then the then the Titans or you know Greg. I know I know it's different for you, um. But yeah, I might I could have easily done the same thing. I like I like that. Um, the Panthers yeah, well, and the Jacks yeah, coming I- in. I'd never been to the States. I didn't know any other NFL fans. Well, technically, I did know another NFL fan, but he never told me he was an NFL fan, and I never told him I was an NFL fan. I found this out in our 30s. So, uh, yeah, that's like 15 wasted years, but classic boy lack of conversation. That's brilliant. I've often wondered, were you an NFL fan before you started supporting Jacksonville? Or did you, like, literally get into it that season? I got So I got into it because... We got a second TV in the house, nice. and one of the TVs <laughs> went upstairs. Brag. So on a sun, on a su- Sunday morning, I was sitting watching Transworld Sport and um, yeah. Gazetta Italia and all that stuff on Channel Four. And I was like, "What's this next thing? Oh, I, c- I can give this a go. This is more sport, and it means I don't have to go downstairs and like socialise with people." And uh, yeah, <laughs> it was really good. And you know, grabbing a team just helps you get involved, and then you're spending. Uh, checking CFAX first thing in the morning to see if I don't know what the score is and that sort of stuff, you know. CFAX was legitimately how I found out how the Oilers got on. Yeah. That was, that was the only be. way of, of finding CFAX out. CFAX was the only way of finding out anything when before the internet, wasn't it? I mean, <laughs> yeah. Literally, I remember on Saturday afternoons as a football fan sitting there basically just constantly watching scores coming through on CFAX. And wasn't that just like, that is just the thing, wasn't yeah. it, back then? You, you, you weren't a football fan in the 90s unless you followed an entire, get, an entire yeah, 90-minute match day on CFAX. <laughs> waiting, waiting for the waiting page for it to, to, to reload for your team to come back through. There was nothing more depressing towards the end of the game when it's like you've just scored a winner with five minutes to go or something. You're waiting for that full time to come through. You've got four pages to get through. Oh, I know, yeah, I remember those. What good days though, then, weren't they? They were great days. And all Best of our national, all of our national listeners are all sitting there nodding along as well, thinking, "I know exactly what <laughs> you're talking about." <laughs> did Did your TV have the mix function? Do you remember that? Where yes, so you could watch a program. And then have so it would be like <laughs> yeah. instead of a black background, you'd have the text with the picture as the background. Yeah. And yeah. The reality of that was you couldn't, you couldn't see, see either. either. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah. you, you still end up you still end up having to switch between the two the whole time just to make yeah. someone else happy. Yeah. yeah. Remember it. Yeah. Yeah. Good times. Um, Very. Good a- times. Anyway, yeah. 1995. Wow. Um, as as an expansion team, though, the the Jags would have had. I mean they'd have had no idea they found you as a new fan. Um, but as, as a resident, resident of Jacksonville, um, did they, did they all become Jags fans overnight? I think, I mean, the history of American football in Jacksonville is quite a long one. So their first attempt to get into the NFL was 1925. 
and I heard various teams in other leagues, so the Jacksonville Sharks and Jacksonville Express and the World Football League and Jacksonville Firebirds and Jacksonville Bulls and the USFL and the AFA. So there's a history of football in the town, in the city, and then the team getting together to push for an NFL franchise got together in 91, and it was led by um, Wayne Weaver, a local businessman, and Jeb Bush. And normally being associated with Jeb Bush isn't a good thing, but in this case, it led to decent <laughs> things. So, you know, it's the exception that proves the rule in that regard, I think. But So there's a history of football in the city and a, and a good groundswell of support behind it. And although it's a fairly small market, you know, when, when it was founded, talking like 900,000 people in the metropolitan area, um, it's big enough because of the passion for sport that the city has. So I guess that's why it got taken forward when it did. Isn't it the biggest, it's, there's a weird stat, like it's the biggest city in the US if you define it without its suburbs or something weird. Um, but it's it's a bigger place than I think people realise. Um, and Yeah, it sounds plausible. Um, yeah, as, as, I mean, it, it made sense as, as a place to put an expansion team. Um, I mean, uh, as a fan of somebody else, um, it does, obviously it's had the reputation in recent years, well, I suppose all the way along of, quite often being half empty an half empty stadium and um, part of the problem i guess is the fact that it's hot in florida and it's an outdoor arena and a lot of the games are at, at 1 p.m local time um, is that is that fair um, or i mean is attracting fans still an issue it's a lot of it's down to the product i think and you've got to look at the fact we've had in our 25 season history you've had eight winning seasons We've had eight seasons absolutely rock bottom of the division as well, to put it into context. So, um, and seven of those eight were more than 15, well, 15 more more years ago. So recent history has been pretty miserable and miserable sport doesn't encourage people to go. So you get your diehards, but you lose more casual floating fans. And they've done a lot of work to try and entice people in with kind of gimmicks and stuff, but it's... It's all about getting a well-run, good product on the pitch. And hopefully we're into the Meyer era and that's what we'll see going forward. But it's been a long time coming. I mean, with with Trevor Lawrence being drafted at, at quarterback, there has to be has to be some optimism, um, in, particularly in compared to recent years. Um, what about London and the, the move to have a, a game a year every single season at Wembley? Um, been talk of making that more uh, potentially and I, th- I mean that looks likely to continue uh, as as things stand I mean the the agreement lapsed but it's gonna it looks like it's gonna carry on so I mean they've attracted a lot of UK fans and NFL UK have pushed the Jags hard um, so I think yes. a, lot, a lot of people new to the sport will have picked them which uh, which I guess makes sense and they're playing every year in London um, what, yeah, and what and for me that's nice is? I mean, I hope it stays at one game because that's enough. That's like, what, one of your six a season, eight a season? Eight a season. So it's a big percentage that the local fans are losing. And, you know, they hate it for that. And I understand that. I would if I was in the local area as well. Two would be too much. Um, And I think they agreed two and then it got scuppered by COVID and was dropped back to one, which I'm, I'm kind of more comfortable with. I've said it to people hate Jacksonville Jacksonville fans hating on the UK Jacksonville fans that we don't want a team forever we want your team to be successful 
and we support it through that success. You know, we don't have a UK history of accepting franchises moving around well. Just look at Wimbledon MK, right? That's the exception, and it's the exception that everyone hates. So <laughs> we, we, you're going to support a team if it visits you on a yearly basis because you can get hooked into it that little bit more. And you can certainly see the difference between the Jags fans who've done that because of the London games and the Jags fans who've been fans of the team since before the London games, you know. As Jags fans whose favourite player is Tom Brady. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is, but is that we... better or worse than having Blake Bortles as your favourite player? I don't know. Come on, there's a lot to love about Bortles, just not the passing, which is quite an important <laughs> bit. Yeah, you, you've had like some of your most successful seasons under Bortles, right? Well, the second yeah. most successful season, I think, so, yeah. Which says it all. I mean, it just says how bad your history is. <laughs> Absolutely. You were all talking about spirals before. I haven't seen a spiral in 20 years. <laughs> I don't, well, I don't only, know. Only, only downwards. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Mark, Mark Brunel. I, lo- I used to love a lefty. Um, yeah, yeah. He, he could, yeah, I'm, not, I'm not quite sure it's, it was in the same league. I mean, Jacksonville originally being placed in the AFC Central. Um, so what I loved about the NFL at, at that era it was the historical divisions and like were added to and teams moved and stuff. But so the geography became an absolute farce. So Jacksonville were added to the AFC central because it had four teams. Um, Carolina were added to the NFC West because it had four teams. Two of those teams, I think were the Atlanta Falcons (laughs) and the St. Louis Rams. Um, Obviously they, they, they came from LA. So yeah, the, the geography was, a bit lopsided. Yeah. And, the, and and San Francisco were in the NFC West that season, which is it's, it's yeah. bonkers. It's like, uh, yeah, don't understand how you can have them in plus Carolina and St. Louis. It just doesn't make any sense. Uh, the, the, yeah. And uh, yeah, New Orleans. Actually, I've forgotten. They were, they are the West, NFC West as well, aren't they? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Ridiculous. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> Love, but I, I just, I always, it always made me laugh. Yeah, it's, honestly, the geography, the uh, geography of the NFL made no no sense at all. Still doesn't a lot of the time, but yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, the um, few seasons where the Central was the only division with six teams in, when everyone else had five, was an interesting era as well. Yeah, so I mean, that that will come up. Um, I was when I speak to Adam about Baltimore, but um, when the Browns relocated and became the Ravens, and there were two or three years. Um, until the Browns reformed and then the Browns reformed. So we had six teams in the AFC Central, a 31 team NFL. I mean, my OCD now is struggling with this. Yeah, it was it, that, yeah, horrible. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the last week of the season, one team wouldn't play. It's, yeah. it's just wrong. It's so <laughs> wrong. <laughs> um, but a- actually, that era, um, the, the Jags and the Titans were pretty good. Um, the, after the music, music City Miracle, a meeting in the AFC Championship game. Yeah, our and best season ever. We lost three times, all to you guys. It's just a brutal <laughs> shooting. Yeah, well, Fourteen and two, um, and winning. I don't. I, I don't have it in front of me who you who you would have beaten in the divisional round. Um, but then to to lose to the Titans in the Championship game. That's really divisional satisfying. round. We beat Miami sixty-two to seven. Oh yes, of course. And retired yes. Dan Marino. Yes. It was stunning. And then you humped us 33-14. Because you'd beaten us 41-14, which I like because it's a palindrome, but I hate because it's a shoeing. In uh, the 
penultimate week of the regular season. And I put that down to like, oh, you know, we're resting players. It doesn't matter. We've got the division one anyway. It's fine. We'll come back. We only lost 2019 in the first game. That was close. We can run them close. We didn't run them close. I mean, it's at the risk of talking about heartbreak again. Um, we were a good team um, defensively in particular. But I mean, and, and Steve McNair, um, as you know, he, he won't, he won't be thought of with the absolute greats of the game, but he could put a game on his back. Um, yeah, it's just a he'd run through an absolute wall for you. I, don't know, I love Steve McNair. We all love Steve McNair. Um, uh, yeah, it was it was the wrong time to to meet us on three occasions that <laughs> that season. I guess <laughs> the worst thing is we were ahead at half time, much like against the Patriots, and then uh, couldn't hold our bottle to see it through. Two Steve McNair one yard touchdown runs in the second half. Uh, put the lid in it there you go um the afc central shortly after that i mean the 2002 restructure um the afc south was formed um the jags and the titans were the only two teams from the central that went into the south so i guess we're longest running division buddies if that's a, if that's the right word oh um, comfortably our biggest rivals comfortably well and i was, was going to about... ask about that so i mean the it's a weird one because I mean, as as we touched on with Mark, um, a rivalry stems from you know, playing each other competitively regularly. Um, the Jags and the Titans, I would say, since nineteen ninety five, we've probably played each other when at least one of us has been mediocre to terrible more often than it, it, they've been great games. <laughs> <laughs> but the rivalry, uh, the rivalry's still there, maybe for that reason a little bit. Yes. Yeah, I think so. And it's just, it's just a number of times. And I guess if you grew up an NFL fan in the United States, then you've got all the local fans around you who are going to rub the losses in your face, which I didn't have for 20 years. So I don't have the same level of antipathy towards the Titans that a typical Jags fan in Jacksonville would have. It's growing. You know, as I spend more time with you, it's growing. But um... <laughs> and, and the others like... It's hard to hate the Colts because they're just really boring. They're bland. <laughs> they had Andrew Luck for ages, and he's quite nice. I didn't like him losing, so there's no big animosity with the Colts. And the Texans, it's like kicking a puppy with an abusive owner if to dislike the Texans, you know? It's not the puppy's fault if it's in your lawn. It's not been trained properly. <laughs> um, so I think... the, Colts, the Colts weren't fair to have Peyton Manning and then Andrew Luck. That's it's just... Not fair. The Pey- Peyton Manning, I-, I liken to like an Australian cricketer from the 90s, like Steve Waugh or Shane Ward or someone like that, um, where you absolutely despise them and then they retire and you realise you only hated them because they were so good against yeah. you. Constantly. Metronomic. Yeah. Yeah, um, uh, yeah that-, that wasn't fair. Uh, but it's-, it's the Thursday night football thing in recent years um, to to move on with that sort of that parallel that we had and that, that, that thing we had in common. Um, and I'm probably glossing over David Garrard, that sort of era uh, where actually the Jags were pretty competitive um, at, at times um, as, as were the Titans of the, the late two thousands. Um, but we'd often just share the spoils in the division. Like it would be one and one um, every season for, for quite a while. Um, but th- Thursday night football, um, I, I think we've we've got a shared bond with the fact of up yours to the rest of the NFL for making Jags Titans Thursday Night Football the butt of your <laughs> jokes. 
<laughs> yes. Yeah, I think that's fair. Although looking at the scores, there haven't been really tremendous gains. And I was looking at them <laughs> looking like, oh, how's everyone doing this year? Oh, they're racing to catch the Colts who are leading the division on four and five. Well, that just sums up the AFC South, doesn't it? <laughs> and you beat us 19-12 or something. It was uh, mediocre. <laughs> Uh, 2018, 9-6. I don't think that was a Thursday night game, but that, that one, no, that one sticks in the mind. But... Nothing, nothing will ever better it either. That was a great <laughs> game. <laughs> I mean, there have been I mean, a couple of memorable things. Uh, Colour Rush. You know, we, we were, they picked two or three Thursday night games when they introduced this. Okay, we're, big launch the following year. Every, every team is going to have like a bright mono colour uniform. So there was... The Jets and the Bills um, didn't think that through. Let's make them green and red, which and just red. look the oh. same to colour colorblind people. <laughs> yeah. um, the, the Titans went with light blue, which was kind of okay. It was pretty similar to the, well, probably the same as the uniform, just with a different hue, I imagine. Um, the Jags, though, you know, do, what what colour do you go with? Do you go with black? You know, would, which would look stunning? with a with a, a black helmet teal equally great color looks fantastic you know, the current uniforms the teal looks great um or do you go with the sort of the color of the jaguar itself um i wonder what yeah. that would look like on a whole <laughs> uniform in mono baby poo well, they they claimed gold but it definitely didn't look gold baby poo <laughs> mm-hmm. it's the sort of thing you put on a hot dog yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I wouldn't, but, you know, it's, it's fair. <laughs> it looked like what my Wii looks like after a big night out. <laughs> Mark's been on the urging, has he? Yeah. <laughs> but that was almost like a metaphor of those Thursday night games. Um, you know, we, I mean, may, maybe that was the same time as Blake Bortles took you to the championship game. I'm not sure my memory fades, but in my head, they're two terrible teams playing in those uniforms. Um, but... Yeah. One of, the, one of them was 2018 and you're right. It was <laughs> that team got by, but it got by not on the strength of its offense. I think it's fair to say. Yes. Yeah. No, I think that's fair to say. And... Certainly not on the strength of Barry Church. May he rest in peace. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, Barry, Barry Church was stiff-armed by Marcus Mariota. There are a few other Jags defenders that were stiff-armed in one of those Thursday night games. Um, one of my favourite things about that 99-yard Derek Henry touchdown run that you may be familiar with is the fact that at the time the score was 7-2. Um, and on the one-yard line, when the Titans have already conceded a safety, it could have gone 7-4. Uh, but Derek Henry had other ideas. 7-4 would have been a great score to have in an in a NFL game, though, wouldn't it? Uh, it, so it like, would a, have been... like an ice hockey match. It would have been brilliant. <laughs> it was a bit like that uh, Cleveland Browns pre-season game. They did 5-0. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so good. That's brilliant. <laughs> I want more 5 nils in the NFL. Yeah, so do I. Uh, I <laughs> um, Pat, how, where's, how do you see it for... 2021 and and Trevor Lawrence and now I, I would like to think that the, well the AFC South isn't a division that's going to be won by a team eight and eight or eight and nine I hate this 17 game oh. nonsense um, but I mean I, the, the Colts and the Titans you would like to think will have winning records I mean could could the Jags get close to that I expect us to go about six and eleven 
on the basis of the hiring we've done and the fact that we're an entirely new coaching staff and entirely new playing staff for the most part. There's a lot of things have to click into place very quickly for us to have a winning record next year. And I just, I, I don't see it. And I don't see it in terms of the philosophy of the hirings that they're making and the philosophy of the drafting that they did either. So it, it feels like a, a three to five year plan, not a one to two year plan to me. Do, do you have faith that they can execute the three to five year plan? <laughs> I'd say less so now than I did when the hirings happened and the draft happened because, you know, we we had the incident with Chris Doyle being hired and then leaving again due to um, racism allegations and Urban Meyer's just been subpoenaed to appear in court in Iowa in in, a, in response to uh, a court case of involving that. So that's the great news that's come out while we've been podding. It's never a good. Uh, it's we've never had. A good, it's never a good idea to to hire the daft racists, is it? It's just like it will it'll come back to bite you at some stage. The worst it, thing is it's hard to avoid them. You, know, you never quite know. <laughs> yeah, it's a fair point. The worst thing is that they defended it after the criticism came out, and then he said, "No, actually, I'm going to walk away." And we've had two other coaching hires from this off season leave already, which doesn't bode well when you're on your second, you know, offensive line coach of the uh, off season before you've even got into preseason games. So. There's definitely still some disharmony in that kind of coaching staff management committee and that will filter down unless it's, you know, really strictly controlled. So I'm not as optimistic as I was when the first round of new guys got in because, you know, it's easier to buy into a vision when you haven't seen them starting to trip over things. So so a change of offensive line coach means Trevor Lawrence is going down in week two. Who is uh, Who's replacing him? Is it Jake Luton or is it Gardner Minshew? Um, well, maybe, no, probably, probably CJ CJ Bethard, yeah, because um, you know they actually up. bothered to spend money on him, so they've um, committed to him as a new coaching staff. He's our hire for backup quarterback, even though he's worse than the guy we already had, who's cheaper. That's one of the things that made me less optimistic. <laughs> but you know, we're, we're building that lack of optimism wall brick by brick during the off season. Also, Travis Etienne at twenty five. What's your thoughts on that? I hated it on draft night because it just looked like we've got so many bigger issues. Why are you drafting a running back when James Robinson was so good and you got undrafted last year and you've already signed Carlos Hyde in the offseason? The more I've seen of him... No, in no, pa- no, training, no, 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 no. You've, you've been seduced by flashy highlights, haven't you? It's a That's terrible, terrible decision to draft him. There was so He's many more off- than just a running back. He's not. The thing is, like, is, is he an offensive line back? Is he a cornerback as good as Jalen Ramsey? Who that's pretty much where that pick came from, right? Is is he an offensive lineman? No, right. Then he was a bad pick. Yeah, he's a receiving back, and he'll do a job. He'll do yeah. what we couldn't do when Lavisca Chenault went down last season, which is a great admission that you up your hiring strategy when you lose a rookie and then come out in the media and admit, oh, we can't run some of our plays in the playbook now because we don't have that one guy. It's like, well. Sort your squad out, you dickhead. What's wrong with you? You're a team of 53 players plus a practice squad plus a load of guys you know and are hanging about in the car parks. Sort your lives out. I'm not impressed. Not that he's a receiving back because so was Dion Lewis. So, <laughs> so not that at all. I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing if we be... can ruin Carlos Hyde's career a second time. <laughs> Dion Lewis had to get a mention somewhere, didn't he? 
yeah, you yeah, had to do it, Greg. Every single pod has to be mentioned. Yeah, I wish we wouldn't, but yeah, you know, it keeps it keeps happening. Um, <laughs> ask him on Twitter how he is, Greg. Yeah, I'm not allowed. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Pat, if, I mean, I, it does. I mean, you're quietly pes- no. I was going to say quietly pessimistic. That's probably about right. Um, I look at you being a division rival having Trevor Lawrence and it does scare me a little bit now I know a lot has got to go right for him to absolutely go off uh, but when you draft a talent like that it can uh, that yes that's, and, and our and receiving group all... is pretty strong as well even Tim Tebow well, I mean <laughs> you don't put too much weight on a fifth string tight ends do you that's not going to be a core part of your offense or indeed your 53 man roster most likely but they were talking about whether he could play fullback the other day which is starting to culture straws a little bit um my biggest he, concern... He's got more versatility. <laughs> you, 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 may, you mentioned receiving... Maybe, receiving. He's, your, maybe he's your backup quarterback. <laughs> he's very good at bench pressing and he can carry a lot of drinks. So that's what I think his role will be in the future. He's definitely... Grand ambassador. He's definitely third choice quarterback. 100%. <laughs> I, I really hope so. I really hope so. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Although I, I fear... That one of the two regular season games against the Jags, Tebow will have an impact directly into them winning it. Um, that just that just fills me with absolute dread. Um, but before we wrap this up, gents, if you weren't aware, our three teams are all playing each other in 2021. Um, the Bills have to go to both Nashville and Jacksonville uh, yep. during during a regular season. So that's two wins. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, I've 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 chalked two out of the three. As I said, one of them is going to be something weird from Tim Tebow. Um, but um, the fact that I might publicly state that I'm more concerned about that than playing the Buffalo Bills may or may not be accurate. Um, <laughs> let's go with it. <laughs> um, Mark, I mean, how 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 confident do you feel? Um, could could this? How realistic is this AFC Championship game dream that we had? I mean, I, I, I don't think it's ridiculous by any stretch of the imagination. I think we are we are one of the best four or five teams in the AFC. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Sorry, Pat, I'm not talking about the Jags here at the moment. Um, but it's I, I think that there's I don't think there's any doubt that you know so long as you you stay relatively injury free and you get a bit of luck. Um, for for the Bills and for you guys, I think that I, I can't remember, forgive me, if you've had much change from a coordinator position, but the Bills have had zero change coaching staff-wise. And I think that that helps our team progress. The big issue that we had last year was um, was pass rush. They've tried to address that through the draft and the offseason. Um, I, I, the Bills shouldn't be any worse. I think it's... I, I I think it's unrealistic to be like, oh, you know, we got to the FC Championship game, so we're a given. It's you know, next step we have to reach the Super Bowl. That's got to be a target. But I think if we're doing as well as we did last year, that's that should be an expectation. And let's be honest, you weren't a million miles away from that in in your playoff run. So I think that I think there's every chance, if I'm honest. Yeah. The, the Chiefs and the Ravens might have something to say, but, you know, they're the, the not Ra- here, are they? The they're Ravens not, aren't they're not chatting I mean, to us. The, the, Chiefs, uh, the Chiefs are going to be good. As like, I, I still think Pat Mahomes is due a massive injury at some stage because of, you know, how he plays and something will happen. 
I'm not worried about the Ravens. I, I still don't think they've got any receivers that I'm massively scared of. I still don't think Lamar Jackson's all that. Sorry. Um, he's, you know, brilliant at running. But as the bill showed, you take that away from them. They've got very little else. And yeah, it's, I, I would much rather, much rather face a Ravens team than a Titans team in the playoffs. There you go. That sounds like a good note to end on. Um, uh, unless anyone wants to have a final pop at each other, which you, you may do. Um, I want to have a pop at Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's beaten us with six separate NFL teams. And he's, sick of it. he's six and two against the Jaguars. He's lost two with the Bills, one with the Bills, Bengals, Titans, Texans, Jets, and Dolphins. And he's got to stop it. Are you playing? Are you playing Washington next year? We're not. It's gonna. He's gonna need a trade to uh, beat us okay. with someone else next season. Don't, don't rule that out. No. Yeah, there's every chance. <laughs> don't rule it out. He gets cut before the for the start of the season. Someone picks him up. Yeah, it might be. It might even be the Jags. <laughs> <laughs> he, go, he slots him just behind Tim Tebow in the uh, in the ordering. Yeah. Oh, I, I I can't not love that guy though. Yeah, I'm me too. But. The other little nugget that I enjoyed when I was looking back through our history was 1996, we made the conference game for the first time and uh, we were outscored 8-6 by Adam Vinatieri. Evergreen <laughs> Adam Vinatieri. <laughs> and he was about 41 then, wasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> uh, they, they went on to lose to the Packers, I think. Um, yes. you know, it's, it's nice to remember the Patriots Super Bowl losses um, where, where we can. It's nice for them not to be relevant in the AFC. Oh, it's lovely. And long may that continue. Oh, God, it's nice. Yeah. Until, you start, <laughs> yeah. until Mac Jones all of a sudden just becomes like the greatest no. quarterback no. in the world. There's no, no, no. There's no Spoil, chance. Spoils everything. There's no chance. As soon as I saw him walk out of that draft room, I thought, yeah, that's he's a bust. Same as the... <laughs> Same as same as the Jets guy, whatever the f- his name was. He's, he's a he, that's a bust written all over it. His hair's too good. There's just the the swag and like yeah, he's going he's he's going to throw more interceptions than touchdowns next year. He's going to be sh- Shane McMahon of the NFL. Yes, lovely, per- perfect way to uh, to move on and um, with a mutual dislike of the New England Patriots. Um, yeah, as as much as we can all be rivals, that's something we can definitely, definitely agree on. Yeah. Um, thanks both for coming on. Um, always, always good to chat. Or especially, especially about old times. Obviously, when things were better. Um, but yeah, look look forward to speaking again during the season. Hopefully. Um, and yeah, go well, guys. Cheers. An absolute pleasure. Cheers, Cheers Adam. There we go. Mark was a lot more chipper than Pat. Um about their prospects <laughs> but uh, you can understand why i guess to a certain extent yeah yeah definitely um although you know signs signs of life for the jags with trevor lawrence um i don't think i think they're going to be a better team this year than than they have been of late um, but yeah we 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 will see no doubt we'll split the games uh, with, with the jags as as we generally have it until recently um, that's going to just about do it for part one of this double header. That makes it sound really important, doesn't it? Oh, I'm sure the, the the effect that you put on that as well is brilliant. Two parter, double header, double double header. I like double header. Um, we can't end even part one of a podcast without something non-Titans related. Um, so, Greg, give us give us something. Give us a rant. 
got plenty, plenty in my pocket for this season of rants already. Um, but I'm going to rant about something that I've talked about on the podcast before. Uh, it was known for a while as a humble brag. Uh, and that was uh, that I treated myself to a ring doorbell many, many moons ago. Uh, yeah, exactly right. Um, it was uh, something that worked perfectly fine. I moved house recently uh, and had to buy another ring doorbell. Uh, to fit on on this house. Is it, is it true house. they only sell them to proven like ABC ones? Like, absolutely. To, yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. You, you, there's like a special card you have that that shows that you're you're worthy of one. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I I ended up buying buying one, getting an electrician around to fit it because I'm not the most handy uh, of people, and uh, yeah, and it hasn't worked since. So um, <laughs> I've basically got a, a doorbell now that you can only hear when you're about three foot away from the front door, which is great when you're sitting potentially the opposite side of a house. Uh, the people at the front door generally just sit there continually pressing it, thinking, why don't you come into the door? Um, and it's supposed to be used also for security reasons, and which also doesn't work. So it's just there basically for show. And uh, I've now got to get someone to come in and actually fix it, which is really annoying. And... Also, when you buy a new house and you've got so much stuff to sort out, more expense is really not appreciated. And that will be a future non-Titans-related rant, uh, just in regards to how much things cost that certainly shouldn't cost as much as they do. But we'll that will save that one for another podcast. <laughs> Congratulations on the house move. There you go. I'll sum that up. Yeah, cheers. It wasn't worth it in the end. I mean, uh, we had a ring doorbell that was working on the last house, so should have stayed. <laughs> More to, is there more to life than ring doorbells? You would literally be better off not having it, because then people wouldn't see a button and they just knock on the door and you'd be able to hear it. Exactly that. I'm tempted to like cover it up in a bit of tape just to be or do not use or put something on it for the time being. But also the bad thing with our ring doorbell, and this is this is generally getting into the, the side that no one cares about, but um, where it's been placed is we've got like a particular part on on the on the on sort of edge of the rim of our door, and there's a wall that comes out probably about. 30 centimeters so it basically means you can't see anything on the right hand side anyway so it's just completely pointless it's like you can see everything that's happening on on the middle or the left hand side this is when it was working but on the right hand side you can't even see anything so it's it's for security reasons you can rob one side of my house okay there you go um you'll find uh, greg's address is uh i was gonna say 10 king road but I've literally made the same <laughs> gag about where Mark lives. <laughs> so, uh, you yeah. say ten pin, or ten, ten king, king, ten king, king road. King, I was yeah. going to say, I was going to say, ten pin road was actually yeah, uh, less uh, partridge. Less been, um. <laughs> there we go. Is that is that part one done and dusted of our double header? Double header. Um, yeah, that's that'll do it for now. Um, we'll see you in part two.